0: Hi, I'm Anna Clark, and this is Before the Bar Opens, the podcast about what happens before the music starts. I talk to people who make, use, and love music. Trevor Wiccello is a musical fireworks champion. He's an expert in programming music to sync perfectly with huge, high profile firework displays, the kind of displays that light up the sky with fizzing colour for miles around. During the Musical Fireworks Championship competition, over two tons of explosive material are used, and the total weight of fireworks used is in excess of 10 tons. Each show requires around 5 kilometers of wire to connect the electrical circuits, and around 15 technicians working for over 12 hours to set up the display. Competitors battle it out to win the crown of Best Pyro Wizard. Trevor's company is Distant Thunder. I just love that name and he works all over the UK creating explosive firework displays. Distant Thunder provides a massive wow factor, working with pyrotechnics, CO2 jets, confetti, dancing water fountains, rain bars, laser and light shows, large format projection, snow, streamers, burst systems, firebar set pieces, fire braziers and video projection. Trevor's also a musician, so he understands the power of emotional sound. I wanted to know how it all started. Trevor, you're a classically trained musician. How did your life in music start?
1: Um, My life in music, I think at an early age, I sat down at the piano that we had at home and just started playing around. And uh, my mother sort of identified that I was able to hit the right keys. (laughs) And so off I went to have uh, (laughs) piano lessons.
0: And did you fall in love with music at an early age and just think, my life is somehow going to be connected to music?
1: I went down the wrong path in, in life and career, if you like. So I did all my grades up until about the age of 12 or 13. And at that point, I wanted to go outside and eat worms and play in the mud um, <laughs> and, and didn't have lessons from there on. So it's something that's very much in me, but something if, you know, if I had my time over again, I probably would have gone a different route and actually gone into music.
0: So you play piano, yeah?
1: Correct, yeah
0: So when did you discover a love of music and gunpowder?
1: Uh, The two weren't really connected to be honest with you Gunpowder was uh, my own wedding in 2007 And we wrestled together several hundred pounds and went to a local shop Bought some fireworks My brothers set them off at our evening do And we really enjoyed it and thought, okay Didn't really realise it was a thing at the time It obviously was but we started offering it as a hobby, really, at the venue that we'd got married. So they were you know, really open to it and went, yeah, great, fine. And, it, and it's kind of snowballed since then. We've made friends within the industry. And we've gone from sort of hand-lighting shop-bought products to electronically computer-firing professional products.
0: Now, how do you begin to create a firework display set to music? What's the process?
1: Uh, for me, it's the music track first. Obviously, your music bleeds your fireworks anyway, but it's the part of it That I actually enjoy the most. So mixing and and cutting and chopping tracks, finding bits of music that have got the right um, punctuation, the right emotion, the right speed. How will it sound in a field at night in the dark? For me, it's a lot about the emotion of music. I like people to, you know, when a soundtrack starts up, I like people to go, oh, God, yes. You know, that's the kind (laughs) of thing I'm aiming for. So, yeah, music first, uh, without a doubt, it needs to loosely fit into some parameters that would make it useful for fireworks to music. But, yeah, that's that's where I go, first of all. I think most do, to be honest with you.
0: How do you help a client define their musical brief? Do you choose the music? Do they choose the music? Do you advise them on the playlist?
1: Uh, when it comes to competitions and, and festivals and the like, then generally the organiser is is happy for us to do whatever we want. You know, we might have to submit the music because they don't want it to clash with other teams that are there. So sure. that, you, know, you don't get repeat. So competitions, uh, festivals, et cetera, it, it's our own work. If somebody's getting married and they have a short four-minute music with their fireworks, then that's generally going to be a piece of music that means something to those guys. Um, Equally, Bonfire Night, depending on the generation that are putting on the display, the older folk tend to like a little bit of classical music in there, and the the younger organisers will have something that's a little bit more current.
0: And when you're crafting a sort of edited piece of music to go with this display, what's the story arc in the music? Do you kind of start quiet and then hit a crescendo And what kind of musical punctuation are you looking for in those tracks?
1: I tend to try and work on a theme. So if I'm doing, so our very first competition was space. So I kind of went, it narrows down the field for me. So I went in and looked at everything that had to do with space and it it ranged from the prodigy to muse to all sorts of stuff. Um, And within the music, you just- So it's eclectic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If it fits the theme, then you can jump between genres and age and all that kind of stuff. So then punctuation, you're looking for orchestral hits and things like that drum riffs and and bits and bobs. An orchestral punch will give you a punctuation, if you like. And then you're also looking for slower, softer emotional parts where there's not a great deal going on, but it's nice music in the background where we can put softer effects in and bring the whole show down a little bit because you can't kind of go tearing in at full speed for 15 minutes. It doesn't It doesn't really work. It's too samey. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: obviously out of all the tracks that you pick, you need to find your finale track, which is the one which has the biggest chest. You know, it's the biggest, widest shoulders yeah. that can carry a whole load of pyro in the air.
0: And what kind of tracks would they be? Have you got any examples? So
1: British Musical Championships 2019 that we won, we started off with, it was two years after The Greatest Show. Um, We were supposed to fire this show the year The Greatest Showman came out. So we used a lot of their music. We used the opening sequence to The Greatest Showman as the start of the show. And then from there, it kind of became... just imagining
0: that now. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you've got punctuation at the very beginning of that. So that then kind of led me towards doing a cinematic musical show. So we had Bits of Abba in there for Mamma Mia. Um, We finished on Lauren Allred, Never Enough, the solo in the middle of um, The Greatest Showman where she stood on stage, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, which the first time I heard that in a cinema, the hairs on my arm stood up literally and it got typed into my phone in the cinema. This is a track, took it into the office the next day and went, have a listen to this. And that became our finale track. You know, if it can do that to me, if it can shut me up for three and a half minutes, (laughs) it's a decent piece of music and it's done something to me. And that's what I want people to feel when they're watching music. I want it to do something to them musically as well as the, the pyrotechnics.
0: How does computer programmed timing work?
1: Okay, so we have a a software package. Within that software package, we import the, the music file that we've mixed. And that becomes a timeline at the bottom of the screen. And obviously, we can listen to that then. And what we do essentially is we tell the package how many different positions on the front line, which is the line nearest the audience. So we might have... Seven, nine, 11, 13, it's, it's always an odd number, so we can have a central yeah. position. And then we have shell stations, which are the bigger mortars, which live out the back of the show, further away from the audience. And again, we'll probably have three, five, seven of those. So what we're doing, essentially, from a list that is already there for us in the database, or we can write ourselves, we're looking at the product. And that gives us a simulation of what the product does. So we can drag that into a position on the screen. So it might be in the front positions near the crowd in the center. Let's call that position four. And we drop it in there and it indicates on the timeline at the bottom of the screen where that will start. And then we build that on top of each other. So the next one, the next one. And as the timeline goes through, we're building. Wow.
0: So it's it's literally a timeline of a sound and light show and a noise show because
1: (laughs) the bangs. On the simulator we use, we can watch the entire show. We can see exactly what it does, exactly where it goes. It puts in various things for you like the launch time, for example. So let's say a big shell might take 3.2 seconds from the ignition to the burst in the sky. So we place it to say I want it to burst here and it will work out the time at which it needs to fire. And then when we download that to the firing panel, it tells the right module in the field to fire the right cue at the right time.
0: And then presumably you wire that all up yeah
1: yeah so across every,
0: the the firework rig presumably quite right you must yeah. need a lot of cable
1: depends if you do it wirelessly um but yeah otherwise some are, are hundreds and hundreds of meters of cable yeah
0: what colors are the most effective are some colors associated with a type of musical mood or do you theme the colors how do you choose it
1: I mean, there's a myriad of colors out there that we can use. And you tend to try and write little sequences based on colors or color mixes. So you might have an all red sequence or you might have a red sequence up high and a blue sequence below at the same time. So there's a a million different combinations that you can choose from. Some of the newer shells that are coming from China, although they didn't invent them, they're they're, they're kind of becoming popular because China's a cheaper place, are are what we call color change. They're called ghost shells. So they'll do one color fade and come into another color. And they're, they're starting to become popular because China now have a handle on how to do that it's always been japanese really up until now that that have done that well
0: i asked Alison spire marketing manager of our proud sponsor alexander nighting co the accountants for entrepreneurs just what music means to her what do you love about music I love that it is entirely individual and personal, that you can have your own tastes and they may be completely different from your nearest and dearest, and that's perfectly all right, and totally inclusive and accessible to everybody, and it's used in a number of wonderful ways, not just for entertainment and enjoyment, but therapy. It has some quite powerful and magical qualities and being able to draw people in at different points in their day, in their lives. So I think it's amazing, really. Big thanks to Alexander Knight & Co., the accountants for entrepreneurs. For the best tax advice, email hello at and find out how much you and your business can save. When you're planning a display like a 15-minute display, do you know that you're going to get optimum emotion from the crowd if you time a crescendo at a certain point within that 15 minutes? Do you kind of think, okay, well, I've got a gear for, I don't know, 13 minutes or whatever to really beef it up? Is it that sort of formulaic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, your finale is what people will most remember. Everyone who writes shows write them slightly differently. Some like to come in really hard and fast because they believe that the, the, the crowd will remember the beginning and the end of the show more. It's fair to say that most, if they're going to have a quiet section, that will be in the middle. And it's good to quieten it down before your finale anyway, because then the the impact is greater. You know, if you go from loud to louder. You've got a
0: bigger contrast, so you can go big and hard at the end, presumably.
1: So yeah, the end is important. The end is what they probably will remember, most of all. So yeah, that's kind of a formula, right?
0: What's the best finale song to match all your Uh, fireworks?
1: There's many. You can go from classical to some pop music. Like I say, Lauren Allred isn't particularly fast, but it's full of emotion and really powerful. Um, I've used things like Sigrid. There is no hard and fast, really. If it's a good tune, if it's got a bit of power... You know, there's lots of um, themes to films and the like, which work well. Defenders of the Earth, is It's one of our friends' championship winning finale. That was really nice. I think they use it on um, sort of X Factor, that kind of dramatic building music. Yeah. So most people, I think, who who write firework shows know a little bit about music and they understand how that's going to work within. And and it's whatever somebody chooses, really, whatever they think is going to work.
0: One of the most powerful firework displays I ever saw was a a James Bond filmed Mm -hmm. thing. And it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, because it kind of spanned the whole history of Bond. Yes. And the fireworks, my God, they were just so beautiful. Where was this? It was at Bowdoin Firework Display in okay. Altringham mm-hmm. at the Cricket and Lacrosse Club. Okay. And it's a big event in Bowden. There's cones on all the local roads for miles around. (laughs) Thousands of people rock up and it is just the most fantastic night. Loads and loads of people, loads of kids. They do a children's firework display and then they do an adult's one a bit later.
1: Okay, yeah. And
0: it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal.
1: This is where people coming along to events like that help because obviously everything's budget driven. Of course. For the public to come out and fill a field with 2,000 people will make a huge difference to them. You know, 500 people in the field. The budgets are all we have to play with, and that obviously comes through the event organizer. If they're confident, they're going to have three, four thousand people in a field because they have every year, then they can be more generous with the budget to the pyro companies and we can do more. It's not about us making loads of money. I don't know any pyro that's just in it to make loads of money. But when we're given a healthy budget because the crowd support an event, it allows us to do things like that. So you walk away and go, wow.
0: How much is a firework display of, say, 15 minutes? What is the budget?
1: Oh, it's as long as a piece of string, honestly. It, you know, you, sure. can do, you can do something really skinny um when i say skinny obviously not a lot of product um, and probably not set to music you could probably do that for i would i would say probably 150 a minute something like that so not a great deal but equally you could spend forty pound on that it really is whatever you can give us we will make the best use of so
0: you can tailor a display to somebody's budget effectively
1: absolutely yeah the more that we can be given the more we can wow people
0: I have such clear childhood memories of going to firework displays. It's like the sound, the bangs, the fizzes and the colour are etched into my brain. But my memories of sparklers and Catherine wheels nailed onto my Auntie Joan's garage are from the firework dark ages. So what kind of fireworks do people want to see these days at big displays? What are the most popular fireworks?
1: So probably your finale fireworks, things that things that fill the sky without disappearing too quickly. So within the industry, they would be, you know, the big golden finishes like what we, uh, we call titanium willows. Anything with a bit of crackle, um, crowds seem to love. I love
0: that sound.
1: Yeah. Uh, whistles divide people. I can't stand the things, but some of the public really <laughs> like them.
0: They're very evocative, aren't they? I mean, when I hear fireworks going off and I hear those whistles, I can smell the gunpowder. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I can feel myself cold inside my big coat with a cold nose I can taste the treacle toffee do you know what I mean it's you're right there in that moment when you hear that sound
1: yeah it it does it brings back memories for definite this is what we try and do we try and give people that time of year what does it mean oh it means that smell and that being in a field and like you say with a cold nose and a hot suit Um, (laughs) wishing I'd worn thicker socks (laughs) yeah exactly yeah looking at people in trainers
0: (laughs) do you have access to fireworks that the general public just can't buy
1: Absolutely, yeah. The, the ones that we use are very, very different in the way that they behave. The effects are similar to an extent, um, but much, much larger. But it's the way that they act and the way that they're ignited that's completely different.
0: You've got to be confident in using these things as well. I mean, they're powerful, aren't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they're volatile. So, yeah, the technicians are well-trained and well-versed and they understand the dangers because they really are volatile products.
0: God, I can imagine just the risk assessment and the insurance issues and all the training that you guys have to do. It must be quite a lot of compliance, I'd imagine.
1: Uh, yeah, to an extent. Um, you'd be surprised that, that the industry isn't quite as well monitored as it as you would think it might be. Um, so we sort of monitor ourselves and, and we look after ourselves because there is no actual sort of official government body for this. So there are groups that are set up within uh, the industry that regulate it, if you like, to an extent, yeah. as in they don't really have the authority to regulate it, but we all appreciate their needs doing you know we we kind of all stick by certain parameters certain methods there's a lot of communication within the, in the industry as well so if there's a product that comes in that isn't great you know and isn't doing what we hope it will and you but,
0: trust it presumably
1: yeah that you know any any problems like that will get filtered around everybody you know so we all know because they yeah like you say they really are incredibly powerful things and you you need to treat them with respect yeah tell me
0: about your biggest ever display who is it for
1: The biggest ever display I've been on was for our friends at Smart Pyrotechnics, which was in Cannes in France. Wow. And this was somewhere in the region of 50,000 euros, I think. We rigged that show on barges overnight for about four or five nights on the harbour.
0: I'm just thinking about the logistics of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what...
0: (laughs) With water and everything. How did you how did you do it?
1: When we go abroad to compete, we're always on the back foot a little bit because it costs a lot of money to get things across the channel. Of course. So we're already down on budgets. So you tend to use a company that's legitimate to move your product from here across the water and then down into Europe. I mean working working on the barges on the docks was fine. Obviously you're up on barges and you're safe and you're dry. So that wasn't really an issue so much. It was more the size of the show. It was enormous.
0: What does your dream musical firework display look and sound like?
1: Crikey. Full of the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, that. There's there's a band that has a lot of punctuation in their music. If you think back to It's a Sin and things like that, you can hear that. So that's one band that I don't actually use a lot of because – they are my favourite. I don't want things to become my guilty pleasure. But um, what would it look like? Yeah, it would be something along those lines. It would just be all my guilty pleasure music. But to be fair, I, I got rid of all those guilty pleasures at, at Southport for the championships, really. Do you know,
0: I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I think if you like something, you shouldn't feel guilty.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, it's just a turn of phrase. I, I don't care. But, you know, if I like it, I like it. End of story.
0: I love the name of your company, Distant Thunder. What other names were on the flip chart?
1: Um... I don't know, really. It just—it it was almost the first thing that came to mind, and went, you know, what? I quite like that. That'll do because to me, it kind of it, it evoked that the fireworks that you hear from a little way away, you know, and and the rumble and that yeah. kind of thing, and it sounds like a distant thunder.
0: And you know, something big and exciting is going to happen.
1: Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It just seemed to fit. It just seemed to fit hand in hand, and we Perfect. just went, yeah, okay, that's it, that's good.
0: So, what happens after a display? I'm mid-three. guessing that there's quite a lot uh,
1: ab- of strike down and clean up. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> so um <laughs> it depends on how the day's been, how the weather is as well, to be honest with you. But yeah, there's Does more-
0: rain affect a display? Or can you or is it so sort of wizzy these days and, and advanced that the rain doesn't affect it?
1: It shouldn't affect the display. It affects the technicians because they're now traipsing around in water and, and they're miserable and cold and wet. Um, yeah. but you know you can waterproof everything and it could sit out there in monsoon conditions so you can protect the product if you do it properly against water ingress it shouldn't be a problem it is miserable believe me when you're at the events and it's been raining all day spare a thought for the guys who put that show down because it is horrible i can assure you must be like the sun or the mud oh it can be it can be yeah it can be absolutely horrendous you know and and we all want to give it up on those days <laughs> <laughs> we will come back a week later and do it again but yeah I mean a d rig's the most dangerous part of the of the day really to be honest with you because you will generally have some unfired product still in the of field course. so that might be the. what do fuser.
0: you do with those do you have to can you save them and reuse them or are they then just done it
1: depends what condition they're in and, and what the problem is sure. with them so if they've got wet and a fuse has become damp then pretty much that's gone but if an igniter for example hasn't worked and you might get one in 5,000 igniters let's say that doesn't go off when it should so then the product might be fine but the igniter hasn't gone but it's a tricky part of the show because the guys are going back into that field with live product and at the end of a show the place is glowing with embers so you you need a cool down period which allows any bits of embers to do what they do and work their way through any product that it might want to ignite later when it shouldn't and obviously that's a danger then to the crews when they go back in so we generally let the place cool down how long does that take 15 minutes or so we'd like if we can get it And then they need to go through and before they start dismantling anything we check every product in the field for any items that haven't gone and then we treat them accordingly
0: what do you love most about being a musical fireworks expert
1: i like the music it's always been that with me i like the music the most if i could just design music tracks for people in fireworks i'd probably happily do that
0: all the show notes for this episode are available in the description And there's a bunch more stuff at BeforeTheBarOpens.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just take your pick. Before the Bar Opens is created by me, Emma Clark, and is produced by Rick Watson. I compose the theme music we use on Before the Bar Opens, and you can hear the full piece on our website, BeforeTheBarOpens.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave us a review, hopefully a lovely one, and tell your friends. Another episode will be along very soon, so don't miss it.